Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to Betty Boo. She's an English singer-songwriter and pop-rep artist. She first came to mainstream prominence in the late 1980s following a collaboration with the Beatmasters on the song Hey DJ, I Can't Dance to That Music You're Playing. Between 1990 and 1992, she had a successful solo career, which spawned a number of chart-placing singles, most notably Doing the Do, Where Are You Baby, and Let Me Take You There. She recently came back to prominence with her new album, Boomerang, which is launching soon. So in this episode, I'm delighted to be speaking to Betty Boo. So this is Celeb Savant, and today we've got the awesome Miss Betty Boo. So Betty, where do we find you in the world? How are you and what's happening with your life? Oh, hello there. Um, I'm in England at the moment. I'm in the countryside, and uh, we've had a heat wave here, so it's been very... uh, very different for us in the UK. Um, not for you, though. I'm sure it's lovely where you are all yeah. the time. Um, yes, I'm fine. Well, actually, I've just come out of COVID. I'm, I'm sort of back playing tennis and things, so I'm happy to be well. <laughs> so uh, did you get COVID? Were you, were you hit with yeah, it? I, had, I got COVID last week, and it lasted a week. And um, But I had very mild symptoms, and I was very lucky, actually. Yeah. This is a career retrospective of Betty Boo. So let's start from the very beginning. I know mm-hmm. that you had a nickname as Betty Boop in Varsity, and then mm-hmm. you decided to shorten it to Betty Boo. Tell us a little bit more about the name. Well, when I was a teenager, I used to um, experiment a lot of my hair, as like most teenagers would. Yeah. And one day, um, I made the mistake of... Uh, having it um, dyed bright red and and, and it ruined my hair completely. So I had hardly, you know, I had a very, very short cut to cut it off. And and I ended up looking a bit like Betty Boop, the cartoon character. So people nickname gave me that nickname. And then when I started rapping um, with my friends in our bedrooms and at school and things, I used that as an MC name. And, uh, And then when I ended up making records, I just thought, well, I may as well use that because Alison, my real name, isn't quite, doesn't really cut it, to be honest. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, that's how. And it's kind of given me uh, sort of um, the freedom to be able to be cartoony and be a little bit more out there yep. and, uh, you know, not be boring, basically. Have a character. So it gives you like an alias, so to speak, that you can blame it on Betty Boo if, they, if, you, get, if you get a bit naughty. Yeah, it's my alter ego. I love that. So tell us about the start of your music career and, and your journey through the 90s and for the listeners to know about Betty Boo. Well, uh, well where do I start? I mean, I... Uh, I love rapping and I love making music. I love pop music, most of all. Um, and, you know, I love writing lyrics and having fun with it. Um, I love getting dressed up. Um, <laughs> I love being camp and, you know, just stepping outside my normal life, like you say, like a character or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I think, 
I'd like to keep making music because it's changed now. So, you know, you can just put stuff on Spotify and release it. And I have my own record label now, so I can do whatever I want. I'm my own boss. So that's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> that's amazing. So you mentioned being a rapper. Now, you're one of, one of the early female rappers um, in the 80s and 90s paving the way for many others. So what does it feel like to be a forerunner in that sort of genre? Well, it's great. Um, when I came, when I started rapping, it was a very, it was a fairly new genre. Mm. And uh, I do remember doing, um, like when I came out with Doing The Do, which was my, my debut single. Yeah. Um, I remember these two DJs that were, very popular in the UK and they were reviewing all the new songs that were being uh, released that week and doing the do was one of them and they loved it they said and they played it on rotation all the time and they really got behind it but I remember the caption saying well this rap thing's never going to catch on though is it (laughs) (laughs) and here we are one of the it's the biggest genre of music possibly you know it's huge out in america and you know Mm -hmm. it's great it's and it's sort of merged into different other other uh, genres as well so it's just become in the mainstream which is fantastic your creative process of creating music Mm. is it always the same is it different each time tell us more about that uh it's it's not I don't it's not particularly easy put mm. it this way I have to really be in a kind of a zone and uh, really step my step outside myself a little bit um, and you know once you get into that zone things cut, do start flowing and uh, you have that sort of belief system because also you have to tell yourself that you can b- do it <laughs> yeah um, anyone who's a creative will know that um, you've got to start somewhere. And uh, sometimes I could just be in the car, actually. Like, for instance, one of my the late one of the latest songs that I recorded was called Boomerang, which is the title um, album of um, track on my album. And uh, I was just going along the road. I went to a place called Oxford, which is up the road from where I live. And uh, I just started singing this chorus. And I thought, where did that come from? I just, you know, sometimes they just come to you like that. but you do just have to kind of, sometimes you listen to the little voices in your head saying, oh, you can't do it, you can't do it. But then you have to say, I can do it, you know. It's the same for everybody. You just have to train yourself to believe in what you do and love what you do. And flick those little voices off your shoulder and say, go away. I, you know, I know what I'm doing. I've got the experience. I've got the knowledge. I am creative and I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to get rid of those demons and uh, it takes a bit of training. Mm. you know can't let these things get you down um but sometimes things don't come at all and you just have to write the day off and go off and do something else uh but uh but that's that's the main thing if you can create something from nothing i mean that's magic isn't it really it is alchemists Mm. we are alchemists (laughs) (laughs) so do you you write the music and the lyrics and everything Yourself? Um, well, sometimes I start with um, a musical idea, so it could be a bass line. But a lot of the time I start with beats. Um, so I, I, sometimes I just start writing off my laptop and just loop some beats and maybe play around with a keyboard part. 
see what happens. Or it could be listening to lots of other records and you sort of get this kind of osmos- osmosis. And, mm-hmm. and then there are other times when I write with my co-writer, Andy Wright, and we go into the studio and then we just vibe off each other. And he's an, a, a wonderful musician. Um, and I'm just, I just marvel at his playing and things. And sometimes that's really inspiring. So there are lots of different ways of being creative. But I, sometimes I like to start something from scratch at home so next time I go into the studio, I've got an idea to mm-hmm. go with. And and then you know you're going to come up with something amazing at, at the end because you're not sort of... I've sort of trained... Andy and I have trained ourselves to kind of really work hard in a concentrated amount of time. Mm-hmm. So we might start... I'll drive to London, which is about 100 miles away from where I live, to his studio. And then we, we start writing at 2 o'clock and then we finish at 7 o'clock so we can have a life outside the studio. Yeah. It's as important, yeah. Yeah. And it's a kind of a weird, we sort of force our energies into this music and and we we don't smoke or anything like that, you know, so we're not stepping outside, we don't have lunch, we just work. Um, And it's great. It's kind of an interesting way of working. You put pressure on yourself, though. That's not so great sometimes, (laughs) but, (laughs) you know, at the end of it, you just feel like, yeah, that was a good day's work. (laughs) In the late 80s, early 90s, we had the string of hits. Tell us the gap between that period of stepping away and mm. being more behind the scenes and now coming back and releasing the new album. What was Betty up to? And <laughs> give us that overview. Okay, well, I did a lot of writing for other artists. Um, I spent spent a lot of time in um, Los Angeles working with some of the big hitters, you know, the big writers and producers out there. Um, And I'm I it wasn't really for me that kind of way of working because it was kind of soulless. And you know, you'd work with people, amazing, amazingly talented people. Don't get me wrong, but you know, what was expected of you is quite a lot, you know, it was too, it was too pressurizing mm. for me. Um, cause I felt like I was some kind of performing monkey. <laughs> just like, <laughs> get something out of you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, it's like, where, where's the next hit single? Where's the hit, next hit single? You know? Yeah. I just felt like the life had been sucked out of me. So I, um, it wasn't for me, but I know people that do that and they can go to like two or three sessions a day just to increase their chances of, having more hits and things. And I just found that um, a bit difficult. So I, I sort of put that on hold for a bit. But I learned a lot from working with some of these amazing people. Because, um, you know, a lot of them would write and produce records on the fly. So you'd be in the studio and they'd be writing and producing at the same time. And you think, oh, my God, that sounds amazing at the end. So it's kind of nice. It, it was a great experience in terms of, watching masters at work you know um and I suppose I've taken a little bit of that professionalism away uh, with me because you know you can always put things off and procrastinate and you know you just don't get anywhere if you if you don't uh, just do it (laughs) it's um just do it I like that (laughs) you just got to start somewhere and keep going but uh but going back into doing stuff for myself it's been a really wonderful experience actually um i've had a lot of fun doing it but uh, a lot of it came out of uh, the pandemic really being isolated and and really not having anything else to do <laughs> <laughs> you know um it gave me focus um luckily we 
everybody was healthy in our family during that time. And uh, but we were very lucky because we are very rural. Um, so I was able to go for walks and things and mm-hmm. and uh, really get into my writing. And uh, it was I've really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. And it's also given me some more self-belief and confidence and because you do need that to come back from 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 such a long time ago (laughs) um and wonder if people are going to like you at all because anyone could have just gone ah go away forever (laughs) 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 don't want to see your face again i thought we got rid of you you (laughs) never i was i must tell you when i saw that betty boo was releasing new stuff i was so excited because i've got your cds i'm looking forward to getting the new one um tell us more about the new boomerang album somebody described it as it's basically it's definitely betty boo it's that's got me on there that flavored ones that people would recognize from before um but it's brought up to date really modern but there are some 90s little nods as well Mm -hmm but brought up to date. But hey, I mean, the 90s have come back round again, yep. you know, so it kind of, it all fits in with what's happening right now. Um, but it does, it is, I think it's a unique album. There's a bit of rap in there. There's a bit of, it's a very positive record. There's nothing negative about it because that's how we all had, to, that's how we felt during the pandemic. We had to be positive and look up and feel empowered and to feel um you know, I was kind, it was kind of a letter to myself as well to kind of say, just do it. Come on, just get, just come back, do it. Um, and I hit the big 5-0 during that time as well. So I just thought, you know, it's, if you don't do it now, you'll never do yeah. it. And also I just, um, uh, without being sort of sad or morbid, you know, I've, I've just outlived both my parents, basically. Oh, so I lost them both in their, when they were in their 40s. So... I just thought, what am I hanging around for? You know, yeah. just keep, you just got to do it um, and have fun with it. And and before, I used to think maybe you can't, it's, can you be a pop star at 50? I don't know. <laughs> it looks, it sounds like, I mean, lots of other people are doing it. Yeah. You know, hey, look at the Rolling Stones. I yeah. Mean. And this whole thing of if you're a certain age means that you're no longer relevant, kick that to the curb. I mean, really, if you're talented and you've got it and you're creating beautiful music for people to listen to, it doesn't matter what age you are. Just step aside and enjoy it. Yeah, things have changed, haven't they? And I'm really pleased because in the old days, it was a bit like if you were a pop star, you were over the hill at Mm. 25. You know, (laughs) it's a bit like being a footballer retiring Mm from soccer and then you end up you're just like you just go and play for a, an old club or something or manage a club or things it was know, interesting so. because i was reading the banana Rob, banana rama autobiography uh, a few months ago and exactly mm. that happened to them when they reached mm. 24 25 the record mm. label said sorry you're no longer relevant shush your side <gasps> you know you're not interesting i was like i mean really and then they carried on releasing such amazing tracks so it's like yeah. It's nonsense, absolutely nonsense. Yeah. Girl power. Come exactly. <laughs> now, you've got such interesting collaborations on the new album with David Gray and Sophie mm. Ellis Baxter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you wrote for Sophie's one of her, for, for her fourth, fourth album. So, mm-hmm. how do it's? I find them so, such interesting collaborations. By the way, I, I will be interviewing David and Sophie soon. So, I'm very excited mm-hmm. for that as well. How mm-hmm. do those collaborations come about? Sophie features on a song called Shining Star. And as everyone knows, she was like the disco queen um, in her kitchen disco and everything. So 
Um, and because I knew her, and I also, I also know the, the feeling, her husband's in the band called The Feeling, yep. um, and we've written together as well, um, and I've featured on one of their tracks on their album. I just thought, gosh, this it, it'd be lovely to have Sophie just singing maybe the chorus or a little bit of her little lovely tones on there. So I just sent her a text and I asked her and, I, um, and she said, oh, I love this song so much. And uh, I arranged to, because um, our studio, where I work in the studio, is about 10 minutes drive from where she lives. So I said, well, when do you want to do it? She said, oh, OK, I could do it Monday. Um, <laughs> and I said, OK, I'll come pick you up. I drive you to the studio and it won't take long. It'll take a couple of hours because she's really good at singing. I mean, she's amazing. And uh, she did the vocals. We hung out for a little bit. I drove her back home and she was back home in time for her kids back from school <laughs> at 3.30. It was amazing. I just timed it uh, amazingly. And then um, David... Uh, we'd, I'd written uh, Right By Your Side, which is the song he features on, mm-hmm. uh, with Andy, my co-writer. And um, we thought, we were sort of thinking, gosh, it'd be nice if David Gray could sing on that, because it had it, I could hear his tone on there. So I sent him an email, and um, next thing I knew, he'd, he'd sung his vocals and sent them to me. And that was it. I, and then we mixed them in, and it just sounded fabulous. So... Um, yeah, that's how that came about. Just very simply, actually. I was, you'd, norm, normally you think, oh, you send people tracks, they're just going to ignore you mm. and never get back to you ever again. Or you might, they might go, ooh, I hate that, rubbish. <laughs> and they didn't, they must yeah. have loved it. So <laughs> It's that little uh, devil coming again that you have to flick away. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> go away. <laughs> What are your thoughts of the way the 80s and 90s and the soldiers full circling around that people are loving that mu- the music, the culture and all that relevance again? What are your thoughts about it? We love it because it's bringing all the music and all you guys out to bring great new music mm. and like the Rewind festivals and the 90s festivals. Mm. What are your thoughts around it? I think it's great because I think there's music that just stays with you forever, mm. isn't there? And it it's, it um, stays with you with memories of friends, family, times at school, maybe or uni or being with somebody that you loved. And I, I just think it's part of who we are. Um, and I, I love the fact, I mean, I think a lot of songs were, they were so strong in the 80s and 90s. You know, the charts were very, very strong. Mm. Um, you would often in the, in the top 40 have hit after hit that was, you know, there were some songs that were so massive, they didn't even get to number one because the charts were so strong. Yeah. So, for instance, the other day, I, who was it? It was like, oh, I can't remember who it was now, but I, I thought, always thought it was number one in the charts and it, it wasn't. It, was, it reached number three. I think it was Madness or something, Baggy Trousers. Yeah. I thought that was number one, but it, it peaked at number three. Well, that's crazy, <laughs> you know. As you mentioned, we're now on these digital platforms and previously it was mm. the vinyl, the CDs, the cassettes. Those are all making a comeback. You did say a little while ago that you enjoy the digital platforms, but mm. what are your thoughts in the way that us as listeners are now consuming music compared to previously? Well, I think, um, well, I, I've put together a load of um, coloured vinyl, coloured cassettes and CDs as bundles as part of um releasing my album 
and and they pretty much sold out within minutes because uh, you know because people love the physical yeah. aspect of it. I know, I know that it sounds like a cliche, but. I don't know. I, I like to look at stuff. Yep. I like to feel them. I like to touch them. And even though I haven't got a cassette player, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just put it on my, I'll put some cassettes on my desk so I can just look at them. <laughs> so <laughs> you can put it on Spotify and just pretend that it's playing off there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, yeah. <laughs> so you know what I do on my Slaps event is on a weekly basis, because I still buy my CDs. Yours is on my list. I'm very much looking forward to it. I do a CD unboxing and I do, and I, because no one, you know, that whole thing of holding something and the booklet mm. and the pictures and the song mm. words for me has mm. got such a ownership and an energy mm. exchange between myself and the artists for the mm. hard work you guys put into creating the music. Mm. I feel this is my energy exchange for saying thank you for doing that. Yeah, no, I definitely, I've never really heard it like that, but that's a really lovely way of putting it. And, uh, you know, typing out lyrics to your own songs, it's kind of, I mean, it's really, it's a buzz, first of all, mm. um, so they can appear on all the inlays and everything. Um, but it's such a thorough business because it's like, <laughs> sometimes you think you hear it in your head and you're typing it and there's so many typos I will have to go over it about <laughs> 10, 20 times just to make sure there are no typos in there and... You know, there are lots of words in there that I make up myself. So, like, <laughs> autocorrect was just going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> you you touring now, traveling around. Ha, have you, you been to South Africa or your experience of South Africa? No, I've never, never, I've never been. I'd love to go. Um, I've heard it's amazing. The culture's beautiful and food. I'm a big foodie, so okay. I'd love to come to South Africa. And uh, and I hear that the beaches are beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to come one day. So when you come for concert, I'll be there on the sidelines <laughs> cheering you on, and then we'll go for coffee. How does that sound? Yeah, holla, <laughs> holla me, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot now. I'm mm -hmm. going to play a game with you. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Off the top of your head, not yeah. just the top of your head, your top five favorite songs by other artists. Oh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's definitely putting me on the spot. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, well, um, Madonna. Mm -hmm. um, let's say Vogue. Okay. Awesome. Like that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I love um, um, what they call junior, senior, move your feet. Yes. Do you know that one? Yes, absolutely. Don't, 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 don't stop the beat. Yeah. Can't, can't, can't control my feet. I've got um, that CD oh. <laughs> <laughs> as well. Um, I love uh, Talking Heads, uh, Once in a Lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's a classic tune for me. Um, and uh, I don't know if they're my top five tracks. I'm just coming up with Yes, no, that's fine. Too recently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Um, uh, uh, Eric B and Rakim, Paid in Full. Okay. The Cold Cut Remix. And, one more. And uh, um, one more. Okay. Uh, ba -ba -ba. Ooh, gosh. Uh, Oh, God, I can't think. Let's think of a disco record. Hung Up, Madonna as well. Oh, cool. Hung Up. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so the album's coming out in September, correct? October. October. Uh, October 14th. 14th. Um, yeah, but it's available to pre-order now. Okay. So, and there's some, there's some bonus tracks if you uh, 
pre-order it and there's some nice little offers on there as well so it's all on my official bettyboo.com uh, website and also i'm on instagram so all the links are in the bio there yeah. Uh, on Boomania One. So I hope that it, the CD is on sold out. I better place my order now because you mentioned they <laughs> sold out. I'm going to do that right after this. So what's next for Betty Boo? Well, um, I've got a single out at the moment uh, with, with David Gray. Yes. Um, right by your side. And uh, I've also announced that I'm doing my first headline show ever uh, at the Lafayette in, the King, in Kings Ross. Kings Cross London. Mm-hmm. So I announced that this morning. Oh. Um, so I'm really excited about doing that because I'll be performing all the n- new tracks from my album with a full live band and uh, I've got Booettes as well. Oh, lovely. And, uh, and uh, it's a beautiful venue as well, Lafayette. It's um, It's got a lovely little stage and it's perfect for any sort of hardcore fans mm-hmm. um and yeah th- those tickets went on sale today and yeah i'm looking forward to that and uh, i've got lots of festivals still coming up because it's the summer season yeah. and uh yeah i'm just going to keep going and making more records and i'm going to go back into the studio probably uh november time and get, get the ball rolling again for the I've, next I've sort of half i've half finished uh, my second album oh great so we're not gonna have to wait too long for the next one (laughs) no i'm not gonna no not another 30 years i won't be here (laughs) and now the podcast is listened to throughout the world Mm -hmm. as a final message to our listeners what would you like to say oh well thanks for listening first of all it's been lovely um and uh just just believe in yourself if you have an ambition even if it's taking up a new sport or a hobby or you know you always wanted to do something just go for it because you just don't know where it'll lead you mm. and it will give you an amazing feeling of achievement and just feeling like you've got a focus in life you know don't don't listen to the bad people don't listen to you know the bad voices you just have to <laughs> <laughs> go for it and it is can be it can be just something as small as taking up tennis or taking up you know sewing you know you just don't know where it'll take you you can meet new people you can meet make new friends mm-hmm. I mean I'm just enjoying my this new journey and I never thought that I would um be making records in my 50s honestly but I feel younger than ever it's amazing <laughs> like you said just do it yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so this is Celeb's Front. Barrett Edelstein signing out with Miss Betty Boo. Oh, thank you for having me.